0: Good morning. Morning. Very strange being up here. Um, first off, happy Mother's Day to everyone here and out there. A few of us here. <laughs> um, Will mentioned it last week, but um, we are for Mother's Day doing. Uh, donations for the Pregnancy Center here in town. Um, So you can uh, donate. Yes, thank you, Anna. Um, You can uh, give a donation to the Pregnancy Center in honor of a mother in your life. Uh, and We've got envelopes up here for you to do that uh, after the service. Um, Yeah, Will's not here this week. It's me. Uh, And for anyone listening to the podcast, the me is Jake. Um, uh, I'm one of the elders here at uh, TGP West. Um, If you don't know who I am, you might know me as Emmett Knows Me, which is the tall man. Um, So, um, yeah, so this week we're going to continue talking about Hebrews, Uh, continue going through that. This has been a really cool experience, this is my first time preaching, Um, and the... Experience of getting to prepare and dive into the Word. I knew that God had called me to eventually do this one day. Um, I didn't think he was going to do it when I had a seven-week-old and was running on a few hours of sleep. Um, But life's funny that way, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, uh, In getting prepared and talking to Will about this, he said, nobody's ever going to complain about a short sermon. So, this might be a short one, uh, but I think everyone's going to be okay with that. Um, so, in getting prepared for this, I, you know, started writing stuff down and was kind of thinking about, um, you know, where where God wanted me to take it. Um, and the title I ended up landing on was "Death Defeated." Um, Death is not typically a fun thing for us to talk about, um, you know. Not to immediately lower the mood here, um, but you know, death is kind of—it's the big one. You know, it's—it's it's the end. It's the worst thing that we can think of. Um, you know, there. Maddie watches this show, and maybe some of you do too. Called This Is Us. I don't watch. I have not seen it. Um, but apparently, there is a character on there who struggles with anxiety, and he and his wife do this exercise whenever he is kind of stressing out. Uh, they say, what's what's the worst thing? What's the worst thing that could happen? And then they kind of talk through, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? And thinking about that, for us, we can kind of, I think it always ends at, well, you could die. Um, you know, I. some of you know this, so, uh, about half of you in here are in my life group, <laughs> um, I have pretty bad anxiety. And I've worked on it for a lot of years. Um, and so that idea is very uh, common to me, the getting stuck on, okay, what's the worst thing? And as someone with anxiety, I can definitely tell you, you can get to death in just a couple of steps. Um, it does not take very long to get there. Um, and you know that's always seen as that's the worst case scenario. But you know, scripture shows us something different. It shows us that death is not that worst case scenario anymore. It doesn't have that power over us. Um, so we'll go ahead and look at, the, at our verses today and um, kind of dive into that. In typical TGP fashion, I am covering all of two whole verses. Um, for my first time. Uh, So we're going to be looking at Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Um, And that says, uh, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So, Looking at this, we see um the children referring to us. We are the children in this verse and that we share in flesh and blood. Um thinking about that, uh one of the verses that immediately popped in my head was Romans 3:23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> we we are all flesh. Um as you know, the spirit is wanting, but we, we have flesh. Um, we have a fallen nature. Um, even thinking about getting ready to come and preach, I was really excited, but as I just said, I have anxiety, so being up here is a little, you know, nerve-wracking. I told Will that my goal was to just not pass out. And he said, well, even if you pass out, all you have to do is just get up and finish the sermon. So, uh, again, worst-case scenario, get right through it. Um... And so, thinking about, you know, we all share in our flesh struggles. Um, We are in broken bodies that don't always work the way that we want them to, and sometimes this world does not end up playing out the way that it was meant to. This is a broken world. Um, And Satan is extremely good at highlighting our fragility. He wants us to remember our broken bodies. He wants us to remember that we are flesh and sinful creatures. Um, if anyone's read Screwtape Letters, you know, there's a million examples throughout that book about uh, you know demons wanting to remind people of the small things. Um, you know, if if Satan can make us get caught up on our little mistakes that we make throughout the day, then we're not looking at God. Um, Even when we make a mistake and we feel convicted about it, we can then even get caught up in that conviction. Uh, And then we're still not spending time with God. We're still dwelling on the mistake. Um, And so thinking about that Christ likewise partook of the same things. Um, This broken, fragile life that we have, Christ joined us in that. He chose to take this. (laughs) Um, You know, we, we think about heaven as the ultimate goal. You know, one day, will be beyond this fallen nature and we'll be in heaven. Imagine having heaven and saying, I'm gonna give that up to go take this on. Uh, imagine the worst things you have experienced in your life and someone choosing to experience those. Um, and we only have that assurance of heaven because Christ did that. And, you know, in thinking through this Christ joining us, uh, you know, idea, we've kind of talked about this at TGP before, but it's very easy sometimes to think of Christ as just a character from a story that was written a long time ago. And, you know, well, Christ doesn't understand what I'm going through now, you know, my, my friend got a new iPhone, and I'm jealous of it. Uh, Christ doesn't understand iPhones. Okay, well, any modern example that you can think of can be reduced down to a shared human experience. So it doesn't matter what the thing is, because it might have been back then that someone got a new donkey that was like the best donkey you could get. It was the Donkey Pro, <laughs> and, you know, they were really jealous of it. And, you know, Christ completely understands the human experience. He, he didn't partially come down. He could have. He could have not even come down and done this, but he fully came down because we made a mistake. Humans gave away our freedom to Satan. And because we had a fallen nature... The only way was for Christ to die for us as fully man, and that's what he did. And in doing so, we see that Christ destroyed death. Um, In reading this, one of the commentaries um, says that uh, in this verse, the word destroy literally means render powerless. Um, and, you know, when I think about the phrase, Christ destroyed death, that is a very powerful, moving idea, and I think that sometimes we hear that. You know, I would say, of all the biblical stories, Christ dying is probably the one we hear the most, and because we hear it so much, it's very easy for that to be kind of desensitized, Um, and for us to just kind of take it for granted. You know, uh, oh yeah, Christ died and and saved us, so we're good. But to really think about that, to think about death. Death has no power over us anymore. Satan cannot use death against us. His greatest tool, he can't use against us anymore. Um, Spurgeon had a quote um, in regards to this passage um, that says, the devil is still alive, but his power in this world has received its death blow. Jesus Christ has trodden on the old serpent's head, and to the Christian, in the matter of death, the devil is completely destroyed, for he that believes in Christ shall never die. Death seemed to be all black and evil like Satan himself, something into which he had put his most venomous sting. But now, to believers in Jesus, death is a messenger from our Father in heaven calling us home to him, not a black angel striking terror to our hearts, but one who is coming to bid us fly away to realms of light and love. The difference between wielding death and conquering death is very different. We see in scripture that Satan's consistent error is assuming that he is equal with God. It's what led to his fall, and it's what led to his ultimate destruction, is that he kept assuming he could be equal. But we see throughout scripture time and time again that God has no equal. You know, I think it's a very common thing that I've heard. Sometimes it's, you know, God versus Satan, but there is no God versus anyone. It's God, and and that's it. There there is no one else you can pit him against. Um, and we see that in the scripture that Satan, using his greatest power, was rendered fully powerless by Christ's sacrifice. And Christ did this in order to have a full relationship with us, to have complete access to us. We see in Romans fourteen seven through 9, it says, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. He is not just our God while we're alive. He is our God while we're alive and after we have died. He completely opened all of existence to be able to reach us. And in doing that, in dying, in sacrificing himself, we see in the last verse, um, deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Uh, Some translations uh, don't say slavery, but they instead say bondage. Um, So my next point is that Christ removed our bondage. Um, Aristotle has a really good, succinct uh, definition of bondage, which is the living not as one chooses. Um, And that really hit me because we see in the garden that what Satan was offering man was, you know, you'll be equal with God. And in reality what was happening was we were giving over our freedom. And we have given that over and instead have taken on bondage. Uh, and that is our natural inclination, is to live in bondage. But instead of putting us down, instead of shaming us, Christ said, nope, it's okay, I'm going to fix this, and I'm going to take this on, and has removed our bondages. And because of that, we now have the ability to choose relationship with god we can choose eternal life the option is now available to us where it was not before Um, and you know in thinking about this and thinking about doing that i was thinking you know there there are people in my life i would die for but then you start thinking okay well outside of my like family and friends Are there people I would die for? And then you start expanding that even further into everyone who's ever lived. Would I do that? I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't die for Hitler. Um, You know, personally, there are a lot of people that I probably wouldn't do that for, but Christ chose to suffer and die to give everyone who has ever lived and will ever live the option to experience a relationship with him. not And knowing that there would be many who would turn it away, who would pass up the gift. Imagine putting a ton of effort into the best gift you could possibly give someone, knowing that they wouldn't take it. Sacrificing, working hard, putting all your money into it, knowing they aren't going to do it that is something. That that is not what we can relate to. That, That is a level of love that is beyond what we are possibly able to contain. And we see it here in these verses. And so knowing that Christ has died and set us free you know, and and knowing how Satan works, I think it's very common that we still continue to live as if we are still in that bondage. You know, I think it's very good for us to stop and ask ourselves, are we still living like we're in bondage? Are we still living like nothing has changed? Or are we aware of this relationship that we have with Christ, of our adoption into his family? Uh the this phrase popped in my head when I was um, preparing this week. Just thinking about who we are in our relationship with Christ um, is that we are immortal beings adopted by the Creator of existence, who reigns over life and death. That's heavy. That, that's a lot more than what Satan wants me to think of myself as, which is the guy who sometimes puts his pants on backwards in the morning. That's very different. And, you know, we have to be careful to not let this world blind us to our actual inheritance, to who we really are. It, it's so easy to get caught up in the small things, in our mistakes, and not realize who our Father is and the power that He actually wields. And so, knowing that we are no longer in bondage, knowing that we have been set free by this, I think the next logical question is, what do, what do we do? What do you do now that you're no longer in bondage? Um, and we see this in 1 Corinthians 15, 56-58. It says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So the very simple question to what do we do now that we're not in bondage is his work. We, we just follow God. And the huge difference is our work is no longer in vain. Everything that we did before, everything that we do for ourselves is vanity. Um, it will ultimately go away. Uh, but now suddenly, we have the opportunity to join in a work that is not vain, and that we can be steadfast and, in, and immovable in. Those are not things we can ever do on our own. We can kind of trick ourselves into feeling that way, um, but it's not very long before a small speed bump in life Makes it very clear that we are not steadfast and we are not immovable outside of Christ. And so, thinking about his work, that just goes back to TGP. It's what we do and it's what we talked about, which is lead people to know God. It's as simple as that. You know, that's really all we're doing, and we do that by knowing God. The more that we know God, the easier it is. To show other people God. Because in studying this and seeing this and thinking through everything Christ did for us, you know, someone who left paradise, who suffered and died and destroyed death, all to have a relationship with me, is someone I want to tell other people about. When we really get that and we feel that and we understand what He actually did. And that it's already done. This is not something that's coming. It's already been done. That's a very easy progression to, yeah, I want to talk about this. (laughs) This is someone that I easily want to tell people about. You know, to know God is to want to share God. And that's ultimately where it comes down to. You know, if we are abiding and we're spending time getting to know God, then, that's it. That if you don't have that urge, even to spend time with God, I talk. About, I say this often in life group. If you don't even want to pray, you can pray for a desire to want to pray. <laughs> there is nothing that is off limits that you can't ask for from God. Um, and so, if you want that urge to feel that about God, to want to pass that along, you can just ask him for it. He will very gladly, everything he has done has been to reach us. This is not an imposition to him. (laughs) This is exactly what he wants, is to have a relationship with us. So thinking about that, just thinking about abiding uh, and that that's where our energy should be is just focusing on him and and getting to know him more. All right, well, let's go ahead and pray and uh, wrap it on up. Dear Lord, thank you for this church um, and just thank you for being a God who pursues us, um, who is willing to go through anything uh, in order to reach us and who has removed any obstacles that might be in our way um, and that you are just constantly open, constantly available for us. I just pray that we take advantage of that, that we take you up on your offer, um, that we choose the relationship with you that you've made available to us. Uh, and I just pray that we continue to seek you and look for your movement throughout this week. In your name, amen. Thank you.